Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is episode 28 with Nathaniel Boyle. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast. Where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxy. Today, Nathaniel and I discuss the different ways you can discover yourself with travel. Um, he dives into different stories about how he discovered himself, and we also talk about ways that you can use all these lessons you learn to make a difference and, and different ways you can adapt that to your lifestyle. So you're in for a really, really, really good episode. He's a really good guy, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Check it out. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, Nomads. Today, I have with me Nathaniel Boyle. He's the host of the Daily Travel Podcast, and he describes himself as an explorer addicted to new things, new travel, and um, he's a travel optimist, a frequent flyer mile collector who's circumvented the world and has been chased by dogs in only four different countries. Four different <laughs> countries. So, uh, welcome to the show, Nathaniel. Yeah, man, I've, I've circumnavigated the world, not circumvented. There you go. Sorry, circumnavigated. <laughs> circumnavigated the world. <laughs> I like to think I'll never circumvent the world. <laughs> um, well, now that I said that, um, can you tell us a little bit more about your background so I don't butch uh, any more <laughs> of that? <laughs> yeah, Teo, cool, man. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's, it's an honor to be here. Um, it's, it's very awesome. Congrats on the launch. I, I love what you're up to, man, and I love this uh, – idea of providing a voice for third culture kids. Uh, I don't know anybody that's doing that. And I think that's a really unique approach. So, you know, I wish you tons of luck on this. This is very cool. Thank you very much. Yo, you're welcome. So background on me. Uh, good question. I, uh, I got started traveling very early and I found that on my show, some, some people I've interviewed, you know, over a hundred people now and some people get started very early and some people get started later in life. You know, their 20s, their, their 30s. And I've, I've noticed this. There's a difference between the relationship to uh, people who get started early and people who get started later. The people who get started early have this, it's almost more of a deeper connection to travel, to, to the emotions and the feelings associated with travel as a child. 
Uh, and there's almost this desire, this shared desire, whether or not people realize it, to get back to those childlike, that, that, that childlike sense of wonder, to see things with fresh eyes again, right? And so that's definitely, that's where I fit in. I got started traveling when I was around five to six. And uh, let's see, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll jump right into a story. But my mother pulled off this home swap uh, heist, really, where she traded our house in Massachusetts, where I grew up, for an entire castle <laughs> in, oh in, for, in the north of England. And so I was five. And what was happening was my parents were getting divorced and my mother needed an escape. So uh, she took us and invited some other family over because we had like 12 bedrooms or something absurd. And, and uh, this is a really like an unbelievable experience for me because I was five and I turned six in the castle and there were suits of armor and rolling green hills and crumbling stone walls and statues. Wow. There's an entire room of Legos and there was an entire room of recipe books and there were canopy beds. And that was really, I mean, it was a castle. Um, and this is the thing. This is my memory of the place, right? But the thing is, is that because I was so young, uh, I don't, some people might form memories earlier, but I, did, I don't have very, memory, very many memories from when I was five. So what I do have are the feelings that I associate with being there and the memories that I pull from the photos of being there uh, that my mother has you know, hung up around the house. Uh, and for me, I really kind of define travel based on that one experience because I think ever since then, and I didn't realize this at the time, but I've come to throughout a life in which travel has always been kind of nagging at me and calling for me. Right. Uh, what, I, what I came to realize is that I've always been attempting to get back to that feeling as a kid at that castle. And I know that if I went back to that castle now, it would be different than I remember it, than, I, than, I, than the feelings that I associate with it. And, and the way I described it to you, just now, it might be different because I'm five times bigger than I was when I was five years old now, you know? <laughs> so is the castle going to be 20% of the size that, that I imagine it to be? Maybe, you know, maybe it's not as big as I remember. But the fact is, is that there's, so there's this disconnect between my memory of the experience and the feelings of being there, or I should say my lack of memory. And I have to fill the gap right there with my imagination. And so to me, that is what really what travel and hearing stories and talking to people on my podcast and talking to you right now and telling the story tale. You pictured a completely different castle than I am picturing in my head and everyone listening is picturing in their heads. And the fact of the matter is that's because you know, I'm telling you the story through audio and you're filling in the gaps with your imagination. And so to me, what I really like about podcasting, what I really like about storytelling in general is that we, we all have these sort of, uh, we, we all fill in the gaps with our imagination in different ways. And, uh, and so that's really what, how, how I have come to connect my love of travel with my love of podcasting, how I've started the Daily Travel Podcast, and why I'm doing what I'm doing right now is sort of to explore that. That's my personal journey. I'm helping people to travel more and do the things they want to do, but that's my personal relationship to travel, if that makes any sense. No, it does. No, no, and I, I love what you're saying because... I, you started early. I started early as well, and and it's there's a certain connection with uh, different countries once we once we start young, and it's like an emotional feeling. And even um, if we go back and we revisit the country, it might look different, but there there's that nostalgia 
that we can't seem to escape. And sometimes we're constantly chasing that feeling that we had. Uh, and it appears that you were doing that with the castle there. So um, um, as you were saying your story, I was just thinking back to, to my middle school years in Burkina Faso when I, um, you know, it's just a feeling of, of togetherness and that there was like a, something I had with some of my friends and us just being at one place, one moment, eating a particular food. Uh, and um, I could definitely relate for sure. So. Sure. I mean, that castle to me, Teo, represents both the feeling that I'm constantly chasing and traveling to find. Yeah. As well as a belief that imaginative worlds really do exist for us to find and explore. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, to me, I, you know, I never realized this until I never realized that was sort of what all of this meant. And I could never clearly define it until I started talking to people about travel and started hearing about their stories. And then I, I began, it began to kind of crystallize in my head that, that, I, that I, have this, I have this kind of uh, almost a metaphor for why I travel. Okay. No, I mean, so you've been to so many countries. I mean, I assume over, over 30 countries? Yeah, probably almost 40-something, I think. Look at you. Okay, okay. over 40 countries. Um, for someone looking to get into that, that travel lifestyle, you know, what are some tips you can offer them? Because um, obviously, traveling like you do, you, I'm sure you have you've amassed amount, a great amount of wealth in, in terms of hotels and traveling cheap and connecting with people and all sorts of things. Yeah, well, it's such a big question because the, uh, how do you want to travel more, you know, or how do you want to save on travel? What's your, what's your relationship to travel? H to what degree do you want to make travel a bigger priority in your life? These are the questions, I guess. So uh, if you want to, um, I mean, if you want to travel and save money and, you know, you only get two weeks a year to do so, then uh, I, I would say you should absolutely be uh, getting into travel hacking or you know, earning frequent flyer miles and points and, and doing that whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and there are plenty of ways. We can get into that. I'm happy to chat about that. Um, if you want to make travel a bigger priority in your life to the degree of traveling m more often, uh, making travel a regular component of your, of your life, which is what kind of what I've done, which is to say that I, I, I can't accept the only two, the two weeks a year thing. And right. so I, I kind of, I recognize that after a, you know, taking a year to, to circumnavigate the world. Um, yeah, after, not, not circumvent. Not circumvent, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, after, you know, after I got back from that trip, I said, I can't not, this can't not continue to be a, a part of my regular life. And so I very quickly picked up the skills necessary, you know, to create location independence, to be able to uh, live and work anywhere, uh, and build that flexibility and that freedom into my life. It's a lot of work, but it's possible. It's out there now more than ever. Um, and so for me, uh, I had to identify what's a skill that I can take and I can you know, do from a laptop. I come from a background uh, in storytelling, filmmaking, theater, marketing, uh, and uh, visual, visual arts. And so web design sort of made sense as a uh, as sort of like a middle ground for a lot of those different uh, those those different skills that I already had. So I picked that up and I learned that and then that led me into content marketing, social media, digital marketing, all that stuff. And it's it's really I mean now now today I'm a I'm a creative web consultant. That's what I do. I can do that from my laptop anywhere in the world. I can right. help people to craft their stories and 
their and their you know their visual presentation of themselves online, and I can do that anywhere. That right there, is, to me, when I first got into it, was just a way to replace bartending because I bartended in New Zealand to help support my travels, and that was I was an unbelievable experience. I absolutely loved it. But I got back and I said, I, I cannot lug kegs at two in the morning yeah. anymore. I'm, <laughs> I'm over it. And, yeah. uh, and so, so I picked up a skill that I could pack into my parachute in the event that I actually got the guts to jump out of that plane. No, I mean, I, I, I think you're, what you're saying is really, really, really uh, true. You and I both love digital marketing. We're into digital marketing. And the thing that I always say about digital marketing and the internet is that it's made the world flat. I, I always I say Ferdinand Magellan was wrong. I know he sailed around the world, and that supposedly proved that the world was round, but it's actually flat. You know, social media connects everyone with a way that it never did before. It couldn't have done before. Now you can have be a creative consultant as you are, or you can be a content marketer. You can do podcasting from anywhere in the globe, and you're reaching someone in different time zones at any time. And um, you don't have to have that physical presence. So for those people looking to really supplement that travel lifestyle into their, into their, their life, I think it's, it's what you're saying. If, if they can somehow parlay their skill into a lifestyle entrepreneurship format, um, that would be one way to go for sure. Absolutely. And so that's kind of one of the things that I help people to do to, by exploring the realities of my guests and how they were able to pull that off. Um, one of the qualifications of my of my guests is, is to, you know, to be on my show is really to have made travel a bigger priority in your life, so that I can explore how you've done that, so that listeners can say, "Oh wait, I can do that. That's possible. Wait, no one ever told me that I could do that. Right. You know, how how are they doing this? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, it's that's the thing that I've done, and uh, it's it, it needs to be a deliberate choice, and it's a lot of work, uh, and you have to want it. You have to want it. It's it's very uncomfortable. It's stepping outside of your comfort zone uh, to to develop these skills and then to step out on your own and then to balance the cost of travel against the lifestyle that you want to that you want to do. But the fact of the matter is, Teo, is that a lot of people come on my show and they talk about how life on the road is cheaper than living at home, and that's because your expenses reduce, especially if you house sit or something. You know, I mean, there are so many ways to negate the the big costs that you pay back home when you're out living country to country. No, yeah, I was just talking to to uh, a new friend that I made, Ricky Shetty, and he was talking about how he's been to over 40 countries as well, or 30 countries, nice. and he was talking about how what he did was essentially house sit, or he would go into, uh, you know, like the host brand model, where people, he would stay with them, and it was a lot cheaper than staying in the hotels, this is also a way to connect with the people uh, and the locals of the country. So he actually learned more about the cultures he was, you know, he was hanging around, um, and it made traveling on the road a lot easier than than it would have been if he had gone the traditional route where you, you know, you go up to the, you know, the Hilton or something, and you can only stay there for two nights. So right. yeah, no, I think it's good. So. Yeah. Um, unless unless you had something else to add, I uh, no. I mean, I guess uh, I could I could s- summarize what I just said uh, in maybe a more actionable nugget, and that would be uh, if you want to make travel a bigger component of your life, then uh, and you you want to create a life of travel, uh, identify a skill, identify something that you can learn, and begin to freelance it as as fast as you can, because it's not until you feel confident 
uh, applying that skill to other people and earning money from it that you will ever feel confident stepping out the door and spending your money on on the travel opportunities or you know taking your laptop to Thailand and working there um, at the same time actually now that I say that a lot of people have actually gone to the cheaper parts of the world to get themselves up off the ground and that is an option as well right right so yeah nomads identify your skill and take action uh, those, those are definitely actionable nuggets uh, Nathaniel I appreciate that well, so just transitioning here, my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. Uh, and that's something I feel like everyone, um, you know, everyone is innately unique. And I, I think that, you know, it's something that I try to live by every day. But what is one way, Mr. Boyle, that you use your difference to make a difference? Interesting question. Uh, <laughs> I have to look. I have to, it's very introspective. Um, I, you know, I know that my show is very... I, I attempt to elevate the discourse around travel by uh, essentially heightening the perception as to why it matters to the individual and to society, right? I believe I connect because, and I did, I got right into the deep stuff at the beginning of this interview, but mm-hmm. I connect uh, uh, travel with imagination. And I really do believe that, that a, a more well-traveled society is a more imaginative society. And I, I, I visualize, I take this from a book called Henderson, the Rain King, but imagination is a force of nature. And I honestly believe that it is possibly life's most important skill to cultivate. A more imaginative society is a more innovative society. It's a more creative society. It's a less depressed and more hopeful society. It's more uh, likely to aspire and achieve greatness. I think, if, and to me, the best way to cultivate imagination for anybody that feels as if they've become disconnected from it in their adult life is to travel, travel more. The more you get out there, the more you explore these worlds, you put yourself in new positions right. to challenge yourself and to rise up to these challenges and to redefine in your head the limitations of what you're capable of. That, to me, is where the addiction to new experience lies, and it's where you're imagining, when you come home and you say, I can't go back to being the person that I was before, because you can imagine new things, new, new possibilities for yourself. So, to me, I, know that I feel that the, the philosophy of my show is rooted so much in helping people to travel more often with the hopes that I'm nudging society towards imagination, right? Yeah, and so, absolutely. that's... That's to me. That's my sort of my philosophy, right? And and um, I guess my that that I think that's my unique identifier. I mean, that's kind of I didn't realize it, but the more I've interviewed people, the more that's become my own thing, um, and that's kind of my message, right? And so I think that I I like to think that I have the ability to articulate these points and express this understanding of travel this sort of not i think a lot of people and this is travel bloggers people that are on my show a lot of people say oh when i get out i travel i travel i feel more alive you know or i think they struggle to articulate exactly what it is and i i want my show to be about the questions just like travel is about the questions ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I want to get down deep into what is wanderlust? Why do we feel this? You know, And uh, why do some of us hear this call to adventure? And why do some of us answer it? And what is the benefit of doing that? And I'm trying to dig into that and really develop a vocabulary and an understanding of, uh, of why these things matter to us as people. Yeah, you know, I'm so appreciative of that because, you know, the reason that I actually reached out, I, I had Joe reach out to you because I was, I was listening to Joe's show and I heard you talk about what travel means to you. And, and how it's much more than, you know, than just travel. You know, it's, it's something that you strive for, you need imagination and all that. And I identified with that immediately, and I was like, I have to get Nathaniel on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I have to get Nathaniel on the phone. But that Thanks, re- the reason why it does is because of my, my mission, part of my goal is to help build the next set of global leaders. And I believe the people that are, are well-traveled, uh, multicultural, people that have been able to identify different cultures are, are well-suited to solve many of the world problems, whether it's through technology or government or pol- whatever. Just and that's just because they're able to understand, you know, the core of of who people are in different nations, and it's not just some outsider coming from anywhere. Um, and you know, I think that that extra meaning, extra layer of of, uh, of depth that someone can get from traveling uh, can go a long, long way into making a difference. Uh, and I think too many times people to travel do not understand just how that can help to uh, be something that can be, it can use to your advantage. So, I yeah, think- well, you know, Teo, we live in a society that discourages travel, yeah. right? Yeah. And that to me, that bothers me so much. That's the thing, right? That actually just, it, it angers me. I mean, b- people have this idea that traveling too much or traveling more than the average uh, member of society is somehow irresponsible. Uh, and that and that you're, and I think it's because a lot of people have have this, this. I mean, there are a handful of reasons within our society as to why more people don't have passports. But I do think that there's, for the most part, people just associate travel as this uh, uh, escapist means of relaxing on a beach somewhere. And, yeah. You know, that's not why I travel. So when people are like, "Wait, you're going on another trip? You just went on a trip? Uh, you must be, you must be rich." No, I just have a lot of points. Yeah. And and two. Uh, I'm not going to do nothing. I'm not going to escape. I travel to be more creative in places and environments that stimulate my imagination. So I can sit down in a coffee shop in Switzerland and get more done because all I have to do is look up to, to satisfy that desire for new experience. Whereas back home, I sit at my desk and I, and I kind of tap my fingers and I'm thinking, all right, well, what am I going to do after I'm done here? And it, <laughs> it's a more sterile environment at home. But when I get out into what I believe is the actual real world, uh, which is which is everything else out there, uh, I'm more likely to 
think creative thoughts when I'm surrounded by new things. It's, it uncorks your, your creativity. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, for my blog post and, and for you know, interview ideas, sometimes I, I live in New York City and it was one of the reasons I came here is just because of the multicultural environment. Uh, but I'll be walking down the street and then something would trigger. It could be the, this, I don't even know. I mean, I think the other day I was inspired by a music, there's some music that was playing on the street there and I, I just thought that word that the guy said clicks and it's just random things or I could hear different accents and I'd be like, boom, uh, I need to, I need to work on that. And it, it's crazy, the, the whatever triggers in the, or inspires creativity, but you don't find out unless you get out. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, uh, this is, this is good stuff here. Uh, before I'm going to go into rapid fire questions soon, but I, I want to, I, I really want to dive into this because here at, you know, as told by nomads, we like to discover new ways to embrace our, you know, our global identity. Can you talk about a time? I know you love stories. Can you talk about a time when you overcame a challenge by accepting who you are and embracing your global identity? And I imagine a lot of people tell you, you know, what, what is why you traveled? You're gonna get a real job, you know, stuff like that. But when did you just say, you know what, this is me, and I'm okay with it? It's really interesting. Uh, you know, I travel oftentimes to find that, I said this already, but to find that feeling that I can't go back to being the person that I was before I left, right? So to become the best version of yourself, you have to, to put yourself in the position to let the best stories happen to you. They're yeah. the things that you discover unexpectedly, right? So to me, uh, I'm trying to think of a story as I say this in which something happened unexpectedly and I rose to meet that challenge. Uh, Obvious, the obvious one that stands out would be skydiving, I suppose. You know, I mean, I think it's to me, it's kind of this, it's this nothing. But when I tell people that I've been skydiving, their eyes get wide. And I remember that day when I was sitting around a hostel and someone walked in. This was the morning, it was probably eight in the morning. And someone said, Hey, who's going skydiving today? And because I was on the road and because I was kind of already had this explorer's mindset towards everything I was doing and I was open to new, strange, different experiences and new challenges, mm-hmm. I just said, me, I'm going. Wow, okay. You know, and I honestly think that it's one of those things. It's like you can sit around and worry about what might happen to you on your travels or in your experiences, but when you're in the reality of the situation out there surrounded by – you know, new things, it, it's rarely ever as bad as you imagined it could be, right? The reality is you begin to believe the fear the more you refuse to face it. So great advice on my show from a couple of my guests has been just say yes. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, take the mindset of a curious explorer into everything you do and just say yes. So when someone asked me who's going skydiving, I just said yes. You know, yeah. and then the next thing you know, I'm strapped to a Hungarian man in a small plane, and the door right next to me. You know, we're like, however thousand feet up you are, ten thousand, I think, or something like that. You, yeah. <laughs> the uh, maybe it's five. I think it's ten. I think, to be honest, I've I've completely forgotten. But the door opens, and he's like, "Put your legs out," and I'm like, "Whoa, put my legs out of a plane," <laughs> and you do that, and all of a sudden, I'm hanging out of the side of an airplane that's flying through the sky. And, and I'm kind of like, all right, well, maybe, maybe we can just wait a minute. Maybe we can wait. And he just pushes us right out, right? Because you have to go tandem when you skydive. You have to go somewhere yeah, else exactly. first. Yeah, exactly. Even in, even in crazy places like New Zealand. Uh, and so, you know, there's this, there's this sensation when you first fall out 
of the plane that is unlike anything I've ever felt and unlike anything I'll ever feel again. It's, it's incomparable to roller coasters. There is nothing beneath you. There is nothing beneath you. And you turn and you look up and you see this airplane flying away. And the wind is so fierce that your, that your cheeks are, are, are like flapping in the wind. Like, and you, it's, it's this unreal experience. Uh, but eventually, eventually as you're falling, you begin to accustom you know, become accustomed to the sensation of free fall. Right. It, that, be, that almost normalizes in you. And once it does, I think that's when you stop screaming and you start looking around at the beauty of everything that is beneath you. And that is when it feels like flight. That is, it's this unbelievable sensation. And to me, that was a really, like, it was a really redefining thing because I faced this fear that I never thought I could do. And when I landed, I went from, taking off absolutely terrified to landing and saying, I need to do this again as soon as I can. Oh, that's amazing. It's that's a redefining good. moment, and it's something that anybody can do. You don't have to go to New Zealand to do that. You can go and do that at your local skydive place. Like, these things exist in your backyard, and they're ready for you. And, and, and it doesn't have to be skydiving. I recognize that that's an extreme example, but it's the one that came to mind. Uh, little journeys, little challenges, adventures all relative. No, and, no. Yeah, I agree. And it sounds like, you know, from all these stories you've been saying that you've had all these different moments to discover yourself and it's all been afforded because of the travel experiences you've had. So, yeah, you're really living out your, your, your saving. You travel for discovery. So it's, uh, you know, an imagination. And I think, you know, your story is a definite proof of that. Yeah, well, Teo, I found in interviewing, you know, over 100 people so far, these are like the most well-known travelers online or in the world or, you know, that there are two overarching reasons or categories of questions, right, for which people travel, aside from to relax, of course. Um, there's fun and adventure, which mm. is to answer the question, what else is out there, okay, right. beyond the horizon. It's, it's about that rewarding addiction to new experience and escapism and challenging yourself, and I definitely fit into that. You know, I connect adventure with imagination, and I'm always trying to rediscover that feeling I had as a kid with new experience. All the time, every day, and everything I do, even in this conversation right now, I'm trying to pull out something, some sort of new thing. Right. But for others, it can also be about self-identity, right? And to answer, you know, a second question, which is, where do I belong? And I think this is, from listening to your show so far, I think this is where you fit in. And why a lot Absolutely. of third culture kids uh, gravitate towards travel as a concept, right? Because TCKs can be more adaptable, right? Because they've had this struggle for identity. Like on today's show, I'm talking to a writer who's Filipino and traveled regularly as a child back to the Philippines. And the Philippines was not home, but it's where everybody was that looked like her. And Chicago for her was home, but she never fit in. And so I think what's really interested in this, interesting in that story, in this concept, is that TCKs can, in a way adapt their definition of home to things beyond culture and beyond demographic belonging. Yeah, uh, you hit on that, correct, exactly. Right? Yeah. I think it's, I love, I mean, I love that concept. I love bringing people on my show and talking about that. Yeah, because, I, yeah. you know, and, and the thing that I've realized, and I'm sure you realize, it, the idea of home, it's, it's no longer a physical, uh, you know, concept. It's not uh, gated with walls and, and, you know, physical boundaries. It's, it's a fluid concept. Basically, and you can find that 
whether it's in a smell or in a suitcase or in an airport, it, it's just, or you could just find him with a connection, and and that in itself is fine. Uh, you know, TCKs, all of us global nomads, anyone travelers, as you start to travel, you start to become, uh, you know, more, <laughs> and yeah. it, 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 the idea of being refined or to one place is all of a sudden. Uh, almost ludicrous because it's like, well, I grew up here, but I'm here now. I'm here and I'm here now. It doesn't make sense for me to just say I'm this because this is what I've been exposed to. So, you know, yeah. It's a broader definition of home. Yeah. But if you're able to step outside of your comfort zone and find uh, a, I mean, talk about creating global leaders, Teo. If you can get out of your comfort zone and find home in other places, then you can more confidently uh, take the steps towards leading others and, and adapting to a more global environment. I mean, I think that I know that's what you're doing. I know that that's what you're doing. And talk about pulling out new experiences. This is kind of a connection that I'm making right now just from this conversation. Yeah, no, I, it's good. You, we were talking before the, the interview about different ways we discover ourselves through the, the podcasting. And um, I'm learning a lot more as I podcast. And I, th- I think that uh, you know, you've definitely helped me on that, you know, re- redefine whatever, you know, my goal is. Yeah, because on these, in these conversations, ideas can get together and really just kind of bang their heads together and see new, new stuff emerges. Exactly, exactly. All right. Uh, I, know, I know you have to go soon. So rapid fire questions here. Country with the best food. Uh, it's really hard to, to deny Italy and Japan, but the one that, uh, that has my heart is Malaysia. Malaysia. Okay. All right. Uh, best music. Best music. Oh my God. I love West African music. Uh, I love American music. I am going to go with, you know, I'm, I'm from, I'm from the United States and I always listen to American music. I could, I could pull out. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have to stick with America. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. I'm, <laughs> I, you know, West Africa for me and, and America as well. Because I'm from, I'm West African, I'm Nigerian, so yeah, I yeah. agree. Both both uh, both are to me are the best friendliest people. Which country yeah, is friendliest people. Friendliest people. Uh, sorry, I need to. I'm I'm really oh, no, going no. through. I don't want to. I don't want to discount anyone. I have really warm feelings for the the Kiwis in New Zealand because. Uh, they have kind of a sarcastic humor about them, and they might not be the friendliest or the warmest, but they are very uh, welcoming to travelers. And so for anybody that wants to get started in travel or for anybody that wants to go places and interact with the locals, they're, they're very accessible. They're very open to different cultures. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Uh, all right. So, but I but I will say the Balinese were probably in... in Balinese? Yeah. I mean, that's it's one island in all of Indonesia, but... The Balinese people are insanely okay. friendly and warm. Okay. So the Balinese and, and New Zealand's got welcoming presence for travelers as well. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, which country did you go to that changed your opinion about them? You know, we all, we, sometimes there are ideas we have about a country, but when we go there, it's not necessarily true. So which country? I would have to say Russia. Big ah. time. Yeah, I mean, it was really the Siberian, uh, taking the Trans-Siberian Railway across uh, the lesser-known parts of Russia. There were plenty of times in which I was sharing a train car with people who would get on the train that had this very sort of, to me, uh, as an American perspective, a very weathered, tough, rugged look about them. They would come on and they'd have, you know, they'd be wearing jumpsuits with gold chains and rings and slicked slicked back hair. And I would say, 
who is this guy? What's yeah. going? You know, what's what's the deal? I, I'm like sleeping with one eye open, you know, yeah. until you start interacting with them, and then it's, oh my God, the warmth of these people. I mean, it would it would go from this this intimidating, this in- intimidating introduction to an incredibly friendly interaction in which they're pulling food out to give to you, they're handing you bottles of vodka, they're opening up their laptops to play for you Siberian music. They're so interested in sharing their culture, and they're so friendly and warm about it, and. To me, I, I, as a traveler, having never been at the time to Asia or Russia and hearing all these scary things about, <laughs> about Russia as this threatening place, which is really what you do here, I think, growing up as an American, yeah. completely falsified. And now I see Russia as this incredibly warm, friendly, uh, friendly group of, of people. Oh, that's really interesting. It's oh, cool. And I, I mean, for me, I, I, have to, I have to go visit now because uh, Russia is such a big country. Yeah, I highly recommend. Uh, yeah, so all right, I'll stop by. All right, well, thank you, sir. I want before you go, I want you to plug your show. I want you to talk about what you're up to, where we can find you, and you know, leave us parting nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, well, Teo, thanks so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate uh, you know the opportunity to just come on and riff about this stuff. I love talking about it. It's why I started the show, which is called the Daily Travel Podcast. Uh, right. We put out five episodes a week, uh, interviewing the you know uh, interviewing world travelers, uh, explorers, uh, location independent entrepreneurs, travel bloggers, food experts, etc. And basically, what we're what we're doing is we're exploring how and why these people have made travel a bigger priority in their life for anybody that wants to build a life of travel. Um, so I'm, I'm, my goal is really to help people to do that, to create explorers and to nudge society towards imagination. Um, whether that means getting you started in points and miles to reduce the, the barrier of cost to travel more or uh, or if it's to create a, a you know a location independent business and and to help you get on your way. So I've got you know big goals and and I think that there's a lot to it, but it's all centered around this idea uh, that there's more out there. And if you hear that call to adventure, uh, I, I really encourage everyone to answer it. Yeah, and, and I, I highly recommend his show. I mean, I heard his interview and then I had to check his show and I was like, I have to get him on this show. So it is <laughs> I really uh, appreciate that. you know really really great show and I really appreciate what you're doing because it's you know I, it really is about discovery and um uh is that a website yeah i know you have oh yeah there. so it's all it's all happening at dailytravelpodcast.com uh you can google daily travel uh or you can hit me up on itunes stitcher soundcloud etc all right all right no problem well thank you for gracious your presence today and i uh look forward to sharing more stories in the future You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.